If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another expert episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. Today, I'm so excited to bring Beth Schild to everyone. She is a self-love and empowerment coach with a heavy focus on somatic healing, which is what we talk most about in this episode. And somatic healing is very much how to move things out of your body, move emotions out of your body, process emotions that are in your body. And I felt like the beginning of this was very much like a counseling session for me. I've always been really interested in somatic healing because having the awareness that I have, me being in touch with how my body is feeling is not my strong suit at all. So we talk about that and how it's you know, lifelong patterns for me. So she talks about how to get better in touch with your body when it comes to emotions. Where are you feeling this? How to move that out of your body? And we talk about how that relates to breakups, of course. And her whole thing is how to be okay when you're not okay, which is very much what you have to do when you're going through a breakup. It's a prolonged period of acute pain. So learning how to not only process your feelings, take care of your body. She talks a lot about the inner critic that we have and how so much of our pain comes from actually just resisting our feelings and judging our feelings. So loved, loved talking to Beth. That's definitely a conversation that we could have a part two on. So here she is. Welcome, Beth, to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. We had a nice time talking even before we started recording. So I'm excited for for our conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I've been such a fan of the podcast and just of all your work. Thank you. Thank you. That's very meaningful to hear. I always love hearing people's journeys to especially people who specialize in helping other people. I just love to hear kind of the backstory of it. And it's always so motivational because I feel like it's always comes from our own stuff. So could you just share a little bit of what led you to do what you are to doing what you are doing now? Yeah. So I became a coach. And at first I was just a kind of a mindset coach. 
for entrepreneurs and influencers. And I did a lot of work in that, that realm and I absolutely loved it. But shortly into my career, my personal life kind of fell apart. My marriage and kind of got the rug ripped out from underneath me and started to experience real trauma. And when that all started happening, I, I didn't know what to do. And so I realized I needed to learn about nervous system regulation and trauma and how to heal and all those things. Just I was in total survival mode. And so I continued to work and love my work. But at the same time, I started learning other modalities like breath work and cold plunging. And I went into a trauma certification program so that I could really learn how to become trauma informed so I could help people through. Because your mindset, you can't fix your mind if, if there's trauma and things going on in your body. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So I started doing somatic, you know, in the body coaching where I learned about where patterns came from and inner child healing and how all this really starts from the from when we're young. And it completely shifted my whole my whole career path as I in real time was learning how to heal and get through a very, very difficult time in my life. And so my work started to shift and change and I work with women one-on-one, some men one-on-one, and then I do group coaching programs. And then I became a self-love and empowerment coach. And through that and being trauma-informed, I started to really help people see how they had these modalities that within themselves to heal and to, to get through what they were going through. Because when you're in it and you don't feel okay, it's so important to have the tools to be able to get you through. And so I do that. And I, I host women's retreats a couple times a year where we all get together and that, that real-time energy support, feeling seen and heard and supported through all those difficulties has, it's been life-changing for me. And, you know, as you heal others, you heal yourself. A hundred percent. Yes. I feel like just running Breakup Bestie, there's been so many things that I feel better about just being able to, I mean, to talk about it on a big platform and, and be able to to let that shame go in that way, but also just seeing lights come on in other people's eyes is so powerful. There was one thing you said that I'm so glad you said, where you said that if you can't, your mindset like can't override trauma or things going on. And I think that should be talked about so much because there are so many, we see it all over Instagram. There are so many of these you just need to have a better mindset. You need to just believe you can do it and all this stuff. And there are people who just can't do that because they have much deeper rooted things going on. And, you know, like when I'm luckily haven't had one in a long time, but when in the past I would have these like these panic attacks, it would not help me to like recite a motivational quote. I had to there was like other things that I had to do. I, I could not just mindset myself out of something like that. So I just want to say I'm really, really glad you said that because I think that should be talked about a lot more. Yes, thank you. For me too, because I was the mindset coach and I was taught, just think a different thought. Your thoughts create your feelings. So just think something else. And that's actually really catastrophic and and can be really damaging to someone. I tried to, to mindset coach my way through some of my pain too and it it just wasn't working and so and that and also that can just suppress our emotions down even more into our body right so we have to learn how to get those emotions up and out of the body and release them and also you know I brought up inner child healing before too but 
really connecting with the younger versions of ourselves, giving them what they didn't have brings so much peace and so much comfort. So yeah, I mean, the mindset work is great, but then if you haven't dealt with your trauma, yeah, then you're going to stay stuck and you're not going to feel okay. I feel like like this whole thing about nervous system regulation has become pretty big, which is assumed to be a great thing. But I, I, it's probably one of those things where, you know, people just start saying it and maybe not be super familiar with it. So can you explain the nervous system and what happens when it is overwhelmed or overactivated? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the nervous system is our command center, right? It runs through our whole body. And I think something that is spoken too much is like people think it's you need to have a regulated nervous system all the time. That's the goal. That's actually not the goal because we are going to be dysregulated at times. So the goal is to be able to to have the capacity to know when we're dysregulated, to allow ourselves to feel what that is, and then to bring ourselves back to regulation when we can. We do that by processing the emotions that we're feeling. So if you, like, if you take um, overwhelm, like you said, for an example, like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. When we don't want to feel that, our body tightens up. Right. And we get tight and we don't, we resist the overwhelm instead of like, oh, this is overwhelm. This makes sense why I'm feeling this, breathing into it, recognizing where do I feel this in my body? Why am I feeling this way? Those kinds of things. It's the same thing with triggers. Like we get triggered, people think, oh, that person triggered me. So no, there's something within us that's an unmet need within us that's triggered. Let's investigate how old is that trigger? How old is that part of me? What does she need? And then giving that to yourself to regulate. So it's the same thing with like cold plunging and even breath work. Sometimes we keep trying to not feel our emotions, mm-hmm. right? Those tools are really, really great. And I love them and I use them too. But there's something to be said for too much of that. That's it's buffering away from what we're actually feeling. So if we can really feel our emotions, we can train ourselves to have the capacity to feel them. Then they can flow through a process so that we can come back to regulation. That was actually one of the questions that I had written down for you, because honestly, this is probably more of like a selfish question. But this I have always been the like get into action person like, OK, I'm going to journal. I'm going to write like if I have an issue and you give me like 10 things, the most reassuring thing someone can give to me is five things that I a to do list of five things of things that will make me feel better. So like reassuring to me. But I know that that ultimately can be harmful because I'm I'm kind of just actioning my way out of feeling my feelings and then they come up later on. So how can we navigate that fine line between being OK? I mean, obviously, people have to go to work. They have to show up for their kids and their families, but also make sure they're they're paying attention to that that other side of really needing to dig into the feelings. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I was like that too. I didn't want to feel, I just wanted to fix it. Like, tell me what to do and I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it perfect and I'm going to get over this. Yeah. What we're doing is we're really abandoning ourselves and and how we're really feeling. So it's so so important when we're feeling that is to validate that we're feeling it, right? Like this is here. All of our feelings are valid. And another thing is we judge ourselves. I shouldn't be feeling like this. We judge ourselves. So that's the inner critic coming in saying, come on, suck it up. Let's go. You shouldn't be in this anymore. And I think especially with breakups too. And I know in my own divorce, the grief would come like months down the road. I'd, I'd be feeling this grief again. I'd be like, gosh, really? There's more here? 
And then I've learned that, no, this is here because I'm grieving something that I lost, that I once had, that I loved. And that's bits and pieces in me still that need to, to be felt and processed and released so that I can heal. So I think the number one thing is validating the emotion and letting it be there and not judging ourselves for it. Here it is. Overwhelmed. It's here because it makes sense why it is. Look at all the things that I'm trying to do. And that self-validation. I always love to just speak to my own self like, Beth, I see that you're overwhelmed. I see how hard this is for you. It makes sense. And we greet ourselves with that compassion instead of judging ourselves. It's so healing and so beautiful. It's another thing too that you can do is what would you say to your best friend if she was going through this? Would you tell her to suck it up that she shouldn't be feeling this way? Get over it? Or would you say, it's okay that you're feeling this? Yeah. So treating ourselves how we would treat loved ones that were going through the same thing. We just don't, our brains naturally don't do that. We have to train them. Yeah. And and the thing that came up is like, it's almost like just needing to take a giant pause on things almost and just say, I think we have a hard time with that of just taking a pause and just saying, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. It's okay that I'm feeling overwhelmed. I don't have to fix it right now. And I can just exist in being overwhelmed for a little bit. And that's that's okay. It's, it's going to pass. It's not going to be here forever. But I think we're just so quick to either fix why we're feeling overwhelmed or just get into, at least for me, get into how can I not feel overwhelmed at this moment right now instead of just being right. like, okay, it's okay. I'm overwhelmed. Like It makes total sense. And it is so crazy what our brains can do even navigating this pregnancy like there have been so many times where I'll tell my husband I'm so tired like I haven't been able to get this done and he's like gee I wonder why Kendra like I wonder why you're feeling tired you know and it's but it's it's like very powerful and validating to hear that from someone else and I wish I could give that to myself more and it's something I should definitely work on because yeah it, it allows you to just be yourself and be where you're at instead of having to fix it Oh, yes. I love that. I love how like relatable you are because I feel that with you. Another thing I think that would would serve you and and maybe listeners too is you keep talking about how your mind, like your mind's telling you, you know, you should be doing more, get up, you should be able to handle all this. But it's like, what does your body say? Your body. And like, we don't listen to the innate wisdom of, of our bodies, which is really, I love to just, and and we can talk about, you know, I don't know if we're going to go through all the steps like that I have but it's checking with your body and how beautiful would it be to to listen like what what does my body need and then giving that to your body and letting your body take a deep breath already yeah yes and saying how much rest do you need and then lovingly giving that rest to yourself you know and that's there's there's a pattern here probably for you where you're like you're used to being able to push through your body's freaking tired not to mention that it's it's carrying babies Right. Yes, I know. But even more tired. This has been the pattern for me for so long. Like I my a sponsor would always joke that like I'm just crash and burn Kendra. Like I will go until like in the past it was like I broke my ankle or like I got really sick or, you know, it's just I don't. Why? Why don't we like listening to our bodies? I do believe it's because the pattern is so deeply rooted in you you probably saw this in your mom and then it's it's ancestral too yeah right and so in order to break that pattern your nervous system's like no 
I'm used to pushing. I'm used mm-hmm. to doing more. So the discomfort of breaking that pattern, actually allowing ourselves to rest. I mean, women today, even if they do like finally have to like shut down and rest, they're thinking about everything that they should be doing. They can't even en- like enjoy the rest. And so I think that's not just, it's in almost all women where they have that hard time of, of beating themselves up. And again, that's the the inner critic work of listening yeah. to that. We all have the inner critic and it's not going away. And so we have to be really like aware of this voice and it's trying to protect us. It's trying to get us to not be lazy, right? To get the things done we need to. It's trying to get us to not fail, and but it's very misinformed. And so we can say, okay, this is the inner critic, then there's the true essence, right? Which voice yeah. are we going to listen to? Can we tell the inner critic, hey, I hear you and I see what you're trying to do and I really need to rest right now and it's going to be okay. Then you let your body have that rest time. If you really, really allow yourself all the rest that you need, then you will be able to take action and get the things done that you need to. Yeah, it's it's, honestly, it's so true. And I've had times where I've like forced myself to prove that to myself of like, okay, let's lay down for an hour. And then I like, I bet you'll still be able to do it. And it's like, there's no, if anything, I feel better and I'm more productive on things. But I love the names of the, the inner critic and the true essence. And mm-hmm. I think, you, do you say the true, the inner critic is misinformed? Yes. I love that. Yes. Well, and, and that inner critic comes in and talks to us and we think it's us, but we've, yes. we've given that. So like I always tell like my clients, like your inner critic is like this big and it's taking up so much space because you're so used to like listening to it. And they think, oh, you know, suck it up, Beth. Let's do this. Like, why can't you do the things that you said you were going to do? Right. And we've listened to it for so long that we think that it becomes part of us. So I like to teach separating that that part of us out, not trying to get rid of it because we really can't because it does have a purpose. Yeah. So nurturing and listening and then realizing, hey, like, can you step back for a little bit and starting to listen to your body more? The more you can start to listen to your body and do this somatic approach where everything's in the body, the more you start to trust yourself. I'm to the point now where I'm like, hey, with my relationship with my body, it's like, what do you want to do today to move your body? The old me was like, you need to get this many weight lifts and workouts in and you need to eat this way and you need to do all this so that you can look a certain way. Now it's like, no, no, no. I did that to my body for so long. What does my body want? And sometimes it's, I don't have it in me to work out today. And then loving myself for that. It's the best thing in the world is listen to our body. And now my, I, my body speaks to me. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for, for listening to me. Yeah, that's incredible. And I do wonder if there's like a connection with, I feel like a lot of women like probably what in our like 30s and 40s right now who grew up with that like intensive diet culture of things I feel like we were kind of programmed in that way to not trust our bodies because it's like nope what you want to eat nope shouldn't need it like you should not do that you need to do this and you need to look this way and so I feel like it's there's I mean I feel like there's so many reasons why we don't trust our bodies like people who have been through sexual assaults and and things of that nature it's like it's very i'm sure it's very hard to develop that relationship with with your body and i do want to get into the somatic part but i loved in untethered soul he talks about naming your inner voice like giving it an outside like a roommate and calling it like i'm sorry if anyone out there's named marge but like calling it like marge you know like some (laughs) kind of if you're listening and you're marge i love you too but like Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Just for an example. Yes. yes. You totally could do that if that resonates with like, oh, that's Marge talking. Yeah. 
let's come back to the true essence of what I really need and honoring that. I mean, and the relationship with the body could be a whole other topic that we talk about, right? Yeah. But yeah, like healing that relationship because we do, we self-sabotage it. And, and I like to think of it as like, this is, this is me hurting my own self, right? When I look in the mirror and I point out all the flaws or I tell myself, oh, I should be doing that better or I should look better. You know, the way we speak to us that ourselves, that narrative really comes from Marge or the inner critic, right? Yeah. So, so kind of be learning how to befriend it and, and let it know that, that it's okay to rest Yeah. when it comes in, when that voice comes in. I used to go in one of my 12 step meetings. There was this woman that was there for a long time and she would call it the bitches in the attic, which I like, I love. So anything that you can do to like kind of disconnect it from yourself, I feel like yeah, can be helpful. And it's interesting too, because what came up when you were just talking was a lot of stuff that I do is do not reach out to your ex if you don't have to. And they'll say, oh, but it feels so guttural that I have to reach out. Like it's, it feels like I have to do this because it's my destiny or it's just, it's like, I feel it so strongly in my gut. But I think if we broke it down, it was probably pushed by that inner critic of telling you, hey, if you don't beg this person to be back in your life, you're going to be alone. You're never going to find someone. So you have to do whatever you can at the expense of, any feelings that it will bring up in order to do that. So I feel like a lot of that is the inner critic and it's not it's not listening to your body, even if it feels so deep and intense that it feels like it has to be com- coming from something greater. I think it is the inner critic telling you, hey, if you, you're going to lose your chance and you're never going to find someone ever again. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I feel that so much, too. And like with, with that one situation that you brought up, it's like, when you can own that you have an addiction to needing that hit from from reaching out to your ex, when you can own that this is yours, and what is it really needed? Why why are you needing the validation from them? What are you getting out of that? And owning like this is not healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And taking that ownership instead of like I need to do this. And so then we we sometimes get confused with oh this is my instinct telling me, oh no yeah. this is my addiction talking. I don't know if that resonates, but for me, like it, one of my it really freaking, does. Breaking that cycle of addiction of reacting to and giving that energy away to the to the ex is so disempowering. If you are a listener of this podcast, you know I warn about how your phone can either be a great tool or a huge obstacle when it comes to getting over your breakup. Instead of spending time on your phone trying to figure out what your ex is up to, why not spend some time engaging in a super fun mystery game that will help take your mind off your breakup? June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I am such a big mystery and puzzle fan, so this game has been so fun for me to get into. When I'm looking for a little escape from reality during the day or a way to relax that doesn't involve social media, it's been so fun to use my brain in a new way by diving into June's captivating quest and engaging my sense of observation to find the hidden clues. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
It is so important to share your thoughts and feelings while going through a breakup, especially if it's something you're feeling any guilt or shame around. I know whenever I'm struggling with a certain thought or situation and I keep it to myself, it gets heavier and heavier and feels harder and harder to manage. I truly believe we are as sick as our secrets. Therapy has always been a safe space for me to have a judgment-free zone to get things off my chest. Whether it's something from my past, a current struggle, or something I'm anxious about in the future, I always feel lighter when I'm able to share something that feels scary. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. A question I get asked all the time is, is it normal for a breakup to feel more intense during my period? And the answer is yes. PMS is already so hard to deal with. And then you throw a breakup into that. And I know for me, PMS can make me feel anxious, exhausted, starving, and sad not a great combo. And that's why I love using and recommending Hormone Harmony by Happy Mammoth, which can make PMS easier to manage and has helped reduce those anxious feelings and low moods I experience around my period. And fun fact, a bottle is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens, which help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. Hormones can make us feel so out of whack, and I agree with the most commonly used phrase in their 17,000 reviews, which is that it does make you feel like yourself again. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code HEARTBREAK at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code HEARTBREAK for 15% off today. Yeah. Well, even like I remember back in the day reading that book, The Power of Habit, and even if it's not an addiction thing, but they literally say to do to change a habit or to change something, you can't just ignore the fact that you are doing it for a reason. Like you are getting something from it. Mm-hmm. And even though I talk to people and when they talk to their ex, they are left feeling empty and low self-esteem and false hope and like all the things they are still getting something from that. And you have to recognize what that is in order for maybe we just need to shift it and find find it somewhere else or find a way to figure out why you need that or what's driving that. I think that's I think that's really important. And I think it's it's why a lot of people with addictions end up doing such deeper work to figure out What's the root cause of why I need to use drugs or drink or whatever that looks like? Totally. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So can we talk a little bit about like the somatic method? That's something I've been wanting to try like therapeutic wise for so long. I feel like it's definitely something I need. But can you you talk through what that looks like? Yeah. So one of my, my favorite parts of the way that I work with clients is using breath work to really connect you back to yourself and also to move energy, stuck energy out of the body. Um, You know, our our emotions are teachers. And so when we're feeling that anger, um, betrayal, trauma, grief, wherever that is, you can start to really recognize where in the body is that and then breathing into to where that space is and then releasing on the exhale, you're actually able to move 
move. It's breathwork has the ability to move that out of the body in a way. So talk therapy can be great, but if this stuff is stuck in us, right, then it's going to stay stuck. So the yeah. emotions need to be processed. So like in a, on a coaching call with clients or in a group, we talk about mantras and breathing into the mantras that we want or breathing into an emotion that we want and then releasing whatever the emotion is that they need to release on the exhale. And so as you're, as you're moving this energy in your body and using the, your own, your own breath, right, which I love because it's free, right? It's, it's something yeah. that we have all have access to. Then you can bring yourself into this inner peace and releasing things that, that aren't serving you. Also in breath work, you know, you can connect to former versions of yourself. So I always like to connect my clients with their inner child. Mm. So it can sound a little wacky if, if you've never done it before. Yeah. But once I take them through a breathwork process, we go into a meditative state and your whole body feels completely different when the, than when you started because you've moved out a lot of this energy. You, you visualize overwhelm, leaving or grief or anxiety, right? Figure out where that is in the body and then you release it out and then you go into a meditative state where you actually like, you know, bring light in and, and visualize it coming into your body, all the spaces that you release things from. And then calling in younger versions and I call them downloads. So like, you know, seeing out of the third eye or wherever you dream from, whenever intuitive hits that come in and connecting with the younger version of you and, and really visualizing her. What did she not get that she needed? And this is where we go in and we reparent the, the past versions of us. And this can look like, you know, it, even your higher self coming in now and bringing some of the woo into to the mix. But I love the woo woo. The self-validation that can come a higher self or a future self or whatever you believe in, God, the universe, coming in and, and validating your pain, validating what you've been through, seeing you, and just feeling that support. It's a very powerful process. You can bring your body into and then you're aware. So when you're triggered or when you're really in pain and you can connect with those parts of you, then you can give them what they need. They're here. It's a process. Yeah. Well, it makes so much sense because as someone who has done a lot of talk therapy, I've had most of my therapists have been like, Kendra, just like stop talking for a second. Like you got to pause because it's just so easy to talk your way out of feeling a certain way of just I'm just thinking for an example, like talking about my childhood. I'll start talking about it and then I'll start like defending my parents and being like they were really good parents and like my therapist is like, you don't have to defend them. Like, it's okay. I know they're good people. When you're talking, it's just so easy to just kind of talk your way out of a problem or skip over the feelings around it, especially if you're someone who is into like the self-help and that kind of thing. You feel like you already know everything. Do you feel like a good place to start is just when a feeling comes up, identifying where you feel it? in your body? Is that kind of a good place to for people like super beginners to get started? Yes, for sure. I love that you said that too. Just touching quickly on the, like my parents loved me. I had good parents. So yeah, they were literally self-gaslighting ourselves. We are invalidating the emotions that are there. What is that doing? That's resisting what's there. So we cannot go in and heal it. Totally. But it's so hard for us as people pleasers, the way that we're conditioned to even say things like that because we feel guilty for our parents. I went through the same thing with my own healing journey. And it's like, no, 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 this is all here. This is all valid. So so really validating that. And listen, no parent can meet the needs of every kid. It's impossible, yeah. right? So we can love our parents 
and they didn't meet all the needs that we had. It's impossible for them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. So getting to a place of that. Um, But yeah, so emotion that was really hard for me to manage for a long time with anxiety, I would get very anxious. And I just, I didn't know, I thought there was something wrong with me because I felt it. And it became so much for me that it was hard to handle. So once I learned how to process that anxiety and how to not make it mean there was something wrong with me for feeling it. So if I'm experiencing, it's like, okay, I'm experiencing anxiety. As soon as you name it, it already takes some of the power away. Mm -hmm. And then I teach with any emotion, okay, I'm experiencing anxiety. I'm going to open up to it. I'm going to allow it to be here. And I'm going to let it sit in me. And then, yeah, then I pinpoint, where do I feel this? Usually for me, anxiety, I feel it in my throat and my chest. And so I just close my eyes and I focus on it. I feel it in my throat and my chest. And I try to describe it as best as I can. What does that feel like? Well, for me, it feels kind of like a a really tightening. My throat feels really tight. My chest feels really tight. Um, If it had a, would it have a color for me? It's like a dark gray chalky. And I just let it be there and I get really curious do I feel it anywhere else in my body and already just doing that takes the charge out of it because I'm not resisting it Uh, another thing uh we do with our emotions is when we don't want to feel them we we do things to not feel them so people call buffering right so we scroll our phone totally that's like the number one yeah or we take a drink or we shop a lot of people and they don't even realize that they're doing that so that they don't feel this uncomfortable emotion. And really, what is an anxiety? It's a vibration in our body that's uncomfortable. So just naming it and recognizing what it is, it can't actually hurt us. It can't actually hurt us. It's just uncomfortable. And so that's how I teach my clients. And that's how I process emotions for myself. And just I, instead of being afraid of it, this is here to teach me something. What am, mm-hmm. And then you can go into the, what am I thinking that's causing this? And what part of me feels this? So for me, when I could finally tie my anxiety back to when I was a little girl and I was grew up in Huntington Beach, California, where there was earthquakes. First of all, I live in Huntington Beach, California. So that's... You do? Yeah. Yes, girl. <laughs> that is and I so think funny. I'm way, I think I'm, I'm way older than you. But yeah, when I was little, the earthquakes always seemed to happen in the middle of the night. Yeah. And that's when my anxiety was born. But I didn't even realize that until probably like four years ago, five years ago, when I started really being like, okay, I got to figure this out. Yeah. And so I've done some beautiful reparenting work and seeing that version of me going back. I do a timeline healing process with my clients to where I actually take them back into things. It depends on, on the client, but seeing her, making her feel safe, letting her know that I'm here because the woman in me today that gets triggered it's not today. It's that past version of me. And so once I could go back and really give her what she needed, love her, make her feel safe, visualizing myself, you know, being with her not being alone, not being scared. Because there was times in my house where I, nobody was there and I would just be scared earthquake was going to happen. So that anxiety was a wound from long, long, long time ago. But I didn't even know that it was there. And that helped all those little times where I would go back and heal those parts of me now I I still experience anxiety now and then but it doesn't overtake me. yeah and just thinking about all the emotions that we weren't really taught to deal with growing up I mean for me mine's always been anger it was like not a welcome feeling in my house so it's like the only thing I learned how to do with it is just tuck it away and and it's oh, still yeah. something that I've had a really hard time dealing with and I get really ramped up and I want to like address it right away but then it's 
then my mind kicks in of like, no, don't do that. And which is probably not the right thing to do is deal with the anger, like with that person right in the moment anyway. But it's like having finding that in between where I allow myself to be like, hey, it's totally fine. You're feeling this. Where are you feeling that in your body? Where is this coming from? And then addressing it later on when it's not so charged, I think, is the word that you would use for oh, it. Oh, yeah. Do you know how much anger is in all of our bodies that has been suppressed? Like, I love anger now. Like, I'm like, this is like, it's built up in your body. And we think, good girls, don't be angry. Or we're told not to be angry. Yeah. Right. Or sometimes if you're going to be angry, go in your room. So we're isolating our kids. Totally. We're, we're yeah. telling them they can't feel it. So now it's like, oh, this is here. This is beautiful. How do you want to express that anger today? So with my own kids, I'm like, do you want to yell into a pillow? Yeah. Like, I don't send them to their rooms. I help them process. It doesn't mean they can, you know, be violent or anything like yeah. that. But there's so many ways to express that anger. So like for you, like getting that out of your body. So and that's why triggers are so powerful now, too, because we have all this trapped emotion, anger, rage. I, I love to call it holy rage. I like that. I love that. Why is anger here? It's here to protect us. Right. True. Usually yeah. that means a boundary has been violated. So it's all valid. And it should be. It's funny because the way I talk about all this now, it, at first it triggers people because I'm like, oh, you're triggered. Let's get into this. Like, yeah, where is it? So being the extreme ownership of all of these these triggers and these emotions, they're ours. They're ours to express, to heal. That's the most empowering thing that we can ever learn because it gives us all our power to do it. That is so cool. I'm like really excited to start just doing little things like that because it doesn't have to take a ton of time like I can always I mean I'm always breathing because I'm alive but like I can always yes. tune in to that part and I think especially for I'm sure you work with a ton of people pleasers which there's a lot of people pleasers that are listening oh my gosh this yes. show and it's like fighting I don't know there's just like so many levels to that of fighting the inner critic telling you don't be mad like you're gonna hurt someone's feelings or you're gonna step on someone's toes or you're gonna do this or you shouldn't take a break from to process your feelings because then you're leaving someone out or whatever that looks like it's like the voices and that inner critic is so loud oh yeah the people pleasing thing is it's a pattern that like i swear every woman needs to heal and when they can learn how to do that right because they're worried about other people's emotions every time we people please we're self-abandoning from ourselves. Sure. So we'd rather do that and self-abandon so that other people can be comfortable than our own selves. Yeah. It's the same thing with not using our voice. That's another huge pattern for women. Some We've learned that it's easier to just stay quiet to keep the peace. Yeah. And what happens with that is we build resentment and we hold on to the resentment, which turns into anger and, and all the things. Yeah. I had like a Reiki healing session a few years ago. And she was like, girl, your throat is like so blocked up. <laughs> She's like, you got to start using your voice in that way. And it's she didn't know that I wasn't someone that spoke up for myself. And so it's just so interesting how that like energy can oh, get. Yeah. And you know what? Great. Like I have a thyroid disease, which is right here in Same, Rayboro. girl. Yeah. Same. Where do you think that came from? Totally. Yeah. And she explained that whole thing to me. And uh -huh. it's, it is like it is very. And there's like a reason why when I used to do hot yoga, the like some of the poses, especially like the hip opening poses, 
I would be like, oh, I'm crying. <laughs> this is crazy. You know, just being able to like let that stuff out of the body. A lot of most of the time for me, it happens on accident because I'm not I clearly need to work on that. But like, I feel like a lot of time it does happen on accident. Oh, my gosh. I resonate so deeply with you <laughs> with that. And yeah, yoga is another somatic way to release okay. trauma. So like you said, the emotion is just coming up for you because you probably had so much in there. But if you go into yoga with like an intention for healing, yeah, the thyroid is so, you know, when you do like the upward dog, when you're like going through a flow and I push, like if you're having tightness in there, like most women are, that tells you that you're not using your voice. Or there's something, there's something that needs to be spoken. And I'm like, I look at you now and I'm like, you've got this podcast and this huge platform. Like, girl, you're using your voice. Yeah, I know. I know. I I just realized that it's funny to say for someone who talks for a living now. But yeah, it is. It's like it is that stuff. It's so real. And I'm sure a lot of people like had that. And there's a reason like when I used to get like when certain emotions come up, it brings up other emotions. Like when I used to get really like mad, I would just instantly cry because it's like there's just so much under there. And if we're going to bring it back to people going through breakups, like there's probably a reason why it feels sometimes out of proportion. And it's not that it is out of proportion. It's just that it's, you know, triggering your nervous system and it's activating these past things. So I feel like a breakup, it's where, you know, you do have to get used to being okay, not being okay, because you are kind of in a prolonged state of healing something very acute absolutely yeah and people judge themselves for crying why am i still crying oh there's something wrong with me i can't handle my emotions like crying is such a beautiful release of emotion just let yourself experience all the emotions that you're experiencing with grace and compassion right i mean we don't want to i think people also feel like i'm never going to be through this or i'm I'm just going to be like this all the time if i just keep letting myself but if we can just be more compassionate sitting in the discomfort of it's, I'm not going to feel okay for a while. And I'm going to let myself grieve and feel this for as long as I need to while still practicing the self-care and practicing the things that can bring us peace, but we can't rush the healing process. You know, it's different for everyone. So I just, my heart just resonates with that too, of like feeling like, uh, I'm crying again. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've definitely been there and now it's like, I kind of love when I have a good cry. It's like I just feel so much lighter and it's like, oof, that's just let out like not just what I was crying about, but like kind of, I don't know. For me, I know when I need to cry because I get really, really anxious and then I cry and then the anxiety is just like lifted and my chest feels open again. And But it took me a while to learn that, that sometimes it's like, okay, you just, you got to release, you got to let something go here. Yes, yes. Like when our bodies are feeling tight, or we're feeling super anxious, if we can just focus in on those feelings and that they're here, what are they, what what needs to happen here? Because you're probably resisting that just anyone in general, if you're feeling that tightness, if you're feeling the anxiety, if you're feeling these intense emotions, you're probably resisting them. Right. And so it's really hard for those kinds of emotions to pass through and to flow through if we're resisting or we're judging when we judge them or if we don't want to feel them, I don't want to feel like this. Yeah. I'm just going to do this instead. And then we just keep pushing, 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 pushing down. Yeah. I feel like I could talk to you for a very long time, which is great. I this know. time is like flying by. So I want to end on what would you say like are your top 
things that people could start doing to really start practicing getting in touch with their body or, you know, all the things that you touch on? What are your like top favorite techniques? Yeah, I think just first, again, it's just validating the feelings and allowing them to be there and not judging them. Mm-hmm. I'm really sad about my breakup right now. And that makes sense why I'm sad and just letting yourself feel that way. And then practicing meditation and breath work. So really taking the time. It's so important. Whenever I'm going into a breathwork session with a client, I'm like, hey, let's give our brain a break and let's drop into the body. Yeah. Right. And breathing into that and just giving your brain a break from thinking about the breakup, from thinking about the person and, and maybe the ways they hurt you and all of that. It's just dropping into you. Just taking that time to just let your brain have a break and go into your body and then see what's there. So I love to use meditation and breath work um, and then practicing the self-care. So listening to your body, what does it want? Does it need a cold plunge? Does it need a hot yoga session with an intention of just being there for yourself and healing? Epsom salt baths are beautiful, calming music. And then I love also like nature, getting out in nature, feeling your feet in the grass, going on a hike. And when I do this too, it's like giving yourself a break from maybe a podcast or a book and even just being with quiet, feeling your feet in the ground, breathing in. It's so healing and it's so peaceful to bring you to that place. Like I'm not okay, but I'm feeling the support of nature. And just those, if you can set realistic expectations too, for like the human experience is supposed to be ups and downs. And when you're going through a breakup, you're going to have, it's not the season to be feeling the joy and and the confidence or whatever it is. It's like, I'm in this right now. I'm going to let myself feel all of this so that I can heal and move forward. The expectation of like, we should be happy all the time or we should be over this by now. Like those do not serve us. So validating that. And then I always, my last one is just getting support from a coach or a therapist, if you can, or a podcast. And then making sure that you're around people that are safe. Mm, their energy yeah. is their energy is good would be like kind of the tangible things to start with now. But just being there for you and trying to connect more with your body and not listening to the mind as much. Yeah. And I'm making an assumption on the the first two things that you gave, it's, I imagine it's like a very repetition heavy process. Like I remember when I first heard someone talk about meditation, it's like meditation is not clearing your mind for 10 minutes. It's like just redirecting and going like, so I think if we say, okay, I accept this anger that might work for three minutes and then maybe you're like why are we angry at this person they did you know all this stuff so it's like remembering that it's gonna take a lot of practice to be able to do that a lot of practice and I can't like say it enough it's the way that we're talking to ourselves meeting ourselves with love and compassion validating our own selves for how we're feeling instead of thinking that something's going wrong because we feel this way or that we're not over yet so start really that voice in our head start practicing meeting yourself with love and giving yourself what you need and when you're tired and overwhelmed let yourself rest but it does take practice because remember these are patterns that we've had for so long that are telling us that we should or we're getting on social media and we're seeing other people doing other things or the worst I do that all the time I'm like I'm gonna rest and then I'm gonna go on social media and I'm like I feel terrible that I'm resting yes and it's so beautiful like the best thing that I ever did after leaving my marriage was not dating at all. Like I took a whole year and that was hard because you, you're kind of wanting that validation. You're thinking, okay, there's something better. And sitting with myself, allowing the loneliness, allowing the grief, healing the parts of me that were 
you know, that I learned that were my parts in the relationship so that I make sure that I attract something different this time. Yeah. And that, that time was just invaluable for me. And I remember going through it. I'm like, okay, maybe I could, maybe I could start dating. And I just made that promise to myself. And for me, that was the number one best thing that I could have ever done. Well, it's like when you kind of take that off the table, you'll still notice yourself reaching for it. But because it's <laughs> not there, it kind of forces you to be like, okay, what part of me is reaching for that? And how can I dig deeper on it or learn how to fulfill that need myself? Or That's I don't how know. you really learn how to love yourself. Yes, is when you don't have, and I don't like to call it, I don't want to call it like a crutch, but it is just like when you don't have that thing to grasp onto, it's going to force you to to dig deeper into it. Yeah. And I know everyone's situation is different, but when you learn to be that whole complete person on your own, you don't need the external validation. That's when you feel the most inner peace and you trust yourself. You don't need to reach out to anyone to get it. You know how to give that to your own self. Yeah. Well, Beth, thank you so much for coming on. I literally this hour just went like I know. I can't believe it. (laughs) Yes. It was so nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you, too. Can you let people know how they can find you, connect with you, work with you? Yeah. So my website is shiftwithbeth.com and my Instagram is shiftwithbeth. So Amazing. I, I'll link I them below tiny, in the show notes. Tiny shifts to create real transformation in your life. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited your work is out there and hope everyone can connect with you. And again, thank you so much. This was such a, I felt I feel like the beginning part was like a counseling session for me. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Thank you. So nice to meet you. So nice to meet you too. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise.